Welcome to episode four of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady on Instagram, where I share all kinds of crazy stuff about my running life. Please feel free to direct message me there on Instagram, or you can always email me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. I really appreciate everyone that has listened to episodes one, two, and three so far. Uh, the feedback has been positive. Um, maybe the people that hated it just haven't said anything yet, but <laughs> it's been largely positive feedback, and that just makes me feel feel so good. It's always a risk to share yourself publicly like this, and I knew I wanted um, a different platform to be able to give more details about some of the different things that I experience as a runner and sometimes just a little square on a social media app, you know, isn't enough and people don't necessarily want to read all of that either. So I've really enjoyed putting together this podcast so far and we'll see where this takes us in the future. But thank you to each and every one of you for the direct messages, for the emails, you all just really make this so worth it. So without further ado, let's get into episode four called Grit, Gratitude, and the Grind. Okay, so the inspiration for this episode came from one of my Instagram friends who asked if I ever struggle with imposter syndrome, and I definitely do. Uh, I'm sure you all know what imposter syndrome is, but just in case for some reason you don't, I'll just throw it out there. It's basically when you are afraid that people are going to find out that you're that you're a fraud, <laughs> that you're not really what you think, what you say you are. So in in my situation, maybe you know I post all of this stuff on Instagram and I have this running podcast and you know a Waddell running lady, and then it's like this irrational fear almost to people finding out. Oh no you know, I'm not a real runner, you know, they're going to realize how, how I really am. And it's, it's, it's just kind of one of those mental things that, that I struggle with from time to time. But my Instagram friend said she doesn't necessarily struggle with what other people think of her. It's more of a self imposter syndrome is how she described it. She doesn't feel like she's good enough. And so she has a hard time getting out the door because she doesn't feel like a real runner. So I just thought, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to just kind of go through some of the things that I deal with and have dealt with in the past. And maybe there's something on here that I'll say that will be a help to somebody else. So a quick disclaimer, I am not a mental health professional. I am not a psychologist. I am not a running coach. I am not anything an expert in anything except my own experiences. And so those are what I'm going to share here. And hopefully these, this helps. So for one thing, first of all, I wanted to just talk about a little bit about um, how it feels when I go to a local race. And this happened to me this past November. I went to a local race and it was, it was a 5K and it's something I like to do every year. I'm part of team red, white, and blue. And that's an organization that basically it supports veterans um, and it helps, it supports them through like getting them involved with um, like physical activity and just social, social activities and things like that. So I, I participate in that, um, in that group and, and I love it. So this is one of our yearly events is, is this Veterans Day run. 
So I show up and I don't know for sure, but several people recognized me from Instagram. Can I get a, a selfie? And and I mean, it was awesome. And I, I love saying hi to everybody. But there was a part of me that thought, oh, no, you know, I have to run this race and they're running this race, too. And they're going to realize how slow I am. And what what if I'm last? What if I'm slower than usual? What if what if they just think I'm a fraud, you know? And it kind of put a little bit of pressure on me because I was thinking, um, I I I'm nervous now, you know. Usually 5K doesn't stress me out, but <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm a little bit nervous. Well, the the funny thing about it is. I realized after a while, you know, these people don't follow me because they think I'm an elite runner. They don't follow me because they think I'm I'm going to be first in this 5K. They follow me because I'm a real person with real struggles, uh, you know, that just really goes out there and runs and, and is consistent. And, and they're not following me because they expect me to be something that I'm not. And so I was able to just go out there and enjoy the day and have fun, you know, and, and just have a great time. So that definitely was an experience where I felt a little bit of that imposter syndrome. And so, you know, it just, it's one of those things that I, I, I wonder if it ever goes away, you know, I have to remind myself many times that I don't need to prove myself to anyone. And I wanted to go into a little bit about what I've been dealing with this past couple of weeks, especially. So I, as you probably know, if you follow me on Instagram, I have been signed up for this Mesquite Canyon 30K trail race. I've been signed up for it for actually months. Uh, So it's kind of a little bit of a long story, but I guess that's probably why you're here. (laughs) I hope so anyways. Originally, I was signed up for the 50K distance of this race, and it was going to be my first 50K. But after I ran Chicago Marathon in October, so, well, let's back up a little bit. As I was training for Chicago Marathon last year, I purposely stayed away from the trails because I was so afraid that I was going to re-injure my foot, um, that I had just gone to months of physical therapy for. I was so afraid I was going to turn an ankle or do something like that. And I had spent so many months training for Chicago that I did not want to take a chance of of getting injured. So I stayed away from the trails pretty much all of 2022 until after Chicago Marathon. And the significance of that is for the last at least year, maybe two years, I've really been wanting to hit the trails more. And it was like, I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't hit the trails because I didn't want to get hurt. So after Chicago, I about three weeks later, I had committed to running a Ragnar trail race and I was nervous and I had never done a trail race technically before. And I was like, oh no, what if I what if I fail? And and it was just one of those things. Anyhow, I didn't fail. Okay. But when I ran that Ragnar trail race, it just reignited my passion, my desire to get back on the trails, even though I knew uh, I was a newbie at it and, you know, but it reignited that desire in me. And so I believe I was already signed up for Mesquite Canyon 50K at that point. So after Ragnar, 
I'm I'm out to at the trails all the time. I bought a year long pass for uh, the parks here, the Maricopa County parks, where uh, the regional parks. I can run to all these different, go to all these different um, mountain ranges and and train and run the trails and hike and whatever. And it was totally worth it. So I start getting on the trails multiple times a week. And about December, I realized I look at my paces on the trails and I look at the cutoffs for Mesquite Canyon 50K and they're just not measuring up. So I'm a trail newbie. And even though I'm absolutely falling in love with it, every time, just more and more each time I'm out there, I realize that it's very unlikely that I'm going to be able to finish this race without being pulled from the course. And I really didn't want to do a DNF. I did not finish. So there was another race coming up in the following month in January called Coldwater Rumble. And I've explained some of this probably already to you, but it had a 32-hour cutoff for 52K. So the only challenge, it sounds perfect, right? To me, it sounded perfect. I have 32 hours for 32 miles. There's no way it's going to take me an hour per mile. You know, no way. I've, I've got this. But when I threw that out to my coach, he's like, Michelle, that's like four weeks away. Like, seriously? And, and you know, so then I told, yeah, but it's 32 hours. He's like, oh, okay. You know what? You're right. Let's Let's do it. And so I ended up running my ultra two months earlier than originally planned. And it went amazing and it was perfect and it wasn't perfect. Okay. I'm not going to lie and say it was perfect. It wasn't perfect. It was perfect for me. I loved it. And I was super happy with the way things turned out. But that brings us back to the Mesquite Canyon 50K. After running cold water, I decided I just ran 52K. I don't want to run another 50K race so soon. And I also, nothing's changed. I'm not faster, so I'm still not going to make the cutoffs. I'll drop to the 30K, which is about 18.6 miles. Doable, right? It seems like it. Well, this past week in particular, I've been out on those trails, and one of the climbs is called Goat Camp. And if you are local to especially the West Valley of the Phoenix metropolitan area, if you're familiar with the White Tank Mountains, the Goat Camp Trail is, I can't think of a kind term for the Goat Camp Trail. It is so crazily tough. It's extremely steep, especially for a one mile section of it. It's not, there's nothing gradual about it. It just climbs. And it's not something I can run up personally. I have to hike up it. And I think most people do. But I did it last Saturday and it took me five hours and 40 minutes to go five miles one way and five miles back. And of course, I was not trying to race. I was just out for kind of a, you know, I was taking my time. But I don't think if I was racing, I could really go that much faster. So I did it again just a couple of days ago with a friend and didn't do the full 10 miles, but I did three miles through the steepest part and then turned around and did three back. That took, I think, three hours and 40 minutes. Well, it was not any easier the second time around. <laughs> and I was very discouraged. And I just thought, I so I emailed the race director of Mesquite Canyon and he's like, you have three and a half hours to get 
from this aid station to this aid station, and it's about nine miles and includes that goat camp climb. And I that just immediately right then, I'm like, okay, I can't do it. I know I can't do it. I'm not doing it. And so I made the decision that day to go ahead and drop down to the half marathon distance, which is what I'm currently signed up to do this coming Saturday, March 11th. So my plan is to run the half marathon trail race out at Mesquite Canyon. It's still a difficult half marathon, and there is still a difficult climb, the Mesquite Trail, but it is not nearly as difficult as goat camp. So the whole point of me telling you that story is I'm dealing with some kind of feeling kind of like a failure and feeling kind of embarrassed that I had to drop down in distance when I am somebody that does not like to do that. I, when I train for something, when I pay for something, I train for something and I go out there and I do it and I do it to the best of my ability. And I feel like that's, I'm still doing that, but it's, it takes a little bit of a hit on your ego, I guess, when you have to drop down in distance, at least for me, it is feels that way. And I just had to remind myself, and maybe this will help you too. I don't know. I don't need to prove myself to anybody. Uh, It sounds very cliche to say that your competition is yourself, but that is absolutely 100% true. And I feel like you have to be comfortable with that thought if you're going to be able to continue pushing yourself long-term in this running journey you have to be comfortable with competing against yourself because that's where most of the mental battle is going to be. In my case, since October of 2022, I've been constantly training for something. So three weeks after Chicago, I ran a Ragnar trail race. Um, That was November. In January, I ran my very first ultra marathon, which was 32 miles. It was 52K. Um, about three weeks after that, I believe I ran Mesa half marathon, which it's a road race. It's not anything like a trail run, but it was still something that, you know, that's double digit miles on my legs. And then of course, since then I've still been ongoing training for this Mesquite Canyon race coming up this weekend. I've been going, 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 and that is normal for me to be always training for something pretty much. Except this, I would say, definitely, I've never run an ultra until this year. And, you know, there were a couple more races added in that I don't typically do. So it's been more than I'm used to doing. And no wonder I'm tired. And no wonder I felt like I wanted to step down in distance. There's nothing embarrassing about it um, or shameful about it, you know, in that sense. So that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. I'm I guess I'm not really worried about what everybody thinks because I, I've had nothing but positive feedback, you know, on Instagram and, and even emails with Aravipa running saying you're going to be much happier doing this half marathon and you don't need to be embarrassed. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And and I know that that you all still think I'm a real runner, but there's also that part of me that's like, well, they're saying I'm a real runner and they, I get all of this kudos on Instagram and wow, you're, you know, you're a rock star and all that, but what do people really think? You know what I mean? (laughs) What do they really think? Um, It's tough sometimes to feel like you don't measure up. In my specific case, I, I thought about this a lot 
running feels really, really hard. And I am a plus sized woman and I am going through perimenopause and I am also, I'm plus size, but I'm also, I'm big. I mean, I'm tall for a woman. I'm, you know, I, I'm just not a little petite person. And I, sometimes I wonder, well, is running harder for me because I am taller. I am bigger. I am this and that, you know, I am older, whatever. But from what I've gathered from all of you and from all the different ones I follow is that running is really hard for everybody. But anyhow, so talking about this whole situation, I feel like the struggle is real when you are training for a race and you have to drop down. But I also think that it takes grit and it it takes, I think it takes um, wisdom maybe to realize that you need to do this. And rather than doing something that you're not going to enjoy or that's going to be, you know, why not just do something that's going to make you happy? I feel like I'm going to be much happier running this half marathon race on Saturday. Okay. One thing, another thing that has really helped me when I struggle with my running is having gratitude. And I'm not saying you don't have gratitude. I'm, I'm guessing you totally do. But I've thought a lot lately, especially about people that are out here running through cancer or they, they, maybe their cancer is in remission, but, or maybe they're still dealing with it currently, but they're out here training anyways, or at least getting out the door and getting a couple miles in or one mile or five minutes, but, but they're pushing. And, and I thought, I don't, I don't have to deal with that. You know, there are people with one leg, there are people that just lost a spouse or a child, or they have some other disability. And I've just often thought that there are people that are definitely so much worse off than I am. And yet they're still out here pushing and what's, you know what I'm saying? And so then in that sense, it's like, okay, Michelle, come on. Like, you don't have any of those excuse. It's not an excuse. Um, you know, you you just need to get out there and do it. You need to have the grit, and you need to be grateful. Because I've also thought, you know, I can run right now, but the day will come when I can't, and that day isn't today. But there will be a day when I can't, and so I want to go out there and do what I can do. While I can do it, while I have the health and strength, I want to get out there and get those miles and do what I can do. So I wanted to talk about a half marathon that I ran back in September 2021. I was currently training for the Long Beach Marathon. So it was October of 2021 when Long Beach Marathon was going to happen. Well, a month before that, I needed a 16-mile long run. And there was a race coming up called the Groom Creek Half Marathon. And locals that to here will know what I'm talking about. Probably it's up in Prescott, Arizona. And if you go to their website, it's billed as being one of the toughest half marathon courses in Arizona. And of course, I signed up for it. I needed 16 miles. And so this was just a half marathon. And so I knew I was going to have to run like you know, maybe a mile and a half before the race and a mile and a half after to get the mileage that I needed. What I didn't realize with this specific race was 
Prescott, Arizona is nothing like where I live in the Phoenix Valley. And I, I know this about Prescott, but I have not, had never run up there yet. This race, the start line was uphill and the whole race pretty much was up. If you, uh, the elevation chart for this was insane. And I looked at it, but I didn't look at it, if that makes sense. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. It'll be fun, whatever. Well, I should have known. This course was a tough, tough course. It was mostly trail, even though I didn't, like I said, really realize that at the time. It was kind of on a dirt, like a Jeep rutted dirt road up a mountain. I don't, I don't know how else to really describe it. Honestly, it was harder I had run two marathons at this point, and when I finished, I had told my husband that was harder than than any marathon I've ever run, even though it was a half marathon. So the course was long. It wasn't just 13.1 miles. I think I got to the turnaround point at about seven miles. And so this is going to be kind of a long story, but this is ties into our mental struggles and having grit and all of that, okay? So... I think there were only 35 people running the half marathon, which should have told you something. So I, I get started. And of course, I'm last like within like three minutes, I'm last. And I get about a mile down, a mile down the road. At, and I hear these wheels and I turn around. It's me and wheels all the time. I turn around and I hear these wheels and it's this old guy on a golf cart. And, uh, and he's following me like he's the sweeper guy. And I'm like, no, I can't do this. I'm not laughing. I'm laughing now. Then I was about ready to cry. I was like, I've only one mile in and he's going to be following me this whole time. I was, I, I was like, I can't called my husband up as I'm running. And I'm like, I'm last, I'm not doing this. And he's like, Michelle, yes, you are like, come on, you, you can totally do this. Who cares? Just ignore him or whatever. It's like, yeah, easier said than done. And I was like, fine, whatever. He, he, I can't get any sympathy from you. So I hung up the phone and I'm just in my head at this point thinking, I can't do this. This is horrible. Why did I do this? What in the world? I can't do it. You know? And I, I, I did that back and forth for a few minutes. And then I was like, no, no. I'm, I'm going to just try. I'm going to just keep, just keep going and see what happens. Right. So it wasn't too long before the climbing started and I don't see anybody in front of me, you know, and of course nobody behind me, but I see two firefighters on another golf cart and they're just parked there. And, and obviously I think they asked me if I was last and I'm like, yeah, you know, and I keep seeing them. So they're just like watching me and we, I start getting, going up this hill. And by this point I was so discouraged. I was like, I was pretty much like hiking this thing. I, I would try to run when I can, but then it got so steep that I was hiking up it and I would keep seeing these two specific firefighters and they would like follow along. And, and I was like, I'm going to lose my mind you know, I'm just getting followed. It's like, I have a person, I think they even told me <clears throat> something about, well, we're just going to be like your personal escort or something like that. But it was stressing me out. So they kind of started maybe, you know, staying, hanging back a little more. But when I got to the turnaround point, there was a fire truck up there and it was like the fire marshal or something. And I told him, I said, 
I'm last and I'm really frustrated because, you know, your guys are on my heels and I just want to run this race. I, I will finish, but is there any way <clears throat> they could hang back a little bit? And he's like, of course, they better leave you alone. And, you know, they better stay off your heels and, and this and that, you know. And so I think he radioed somebody. So I'm like, thank you, you know, turn around, head back down the mountain. And, <laughs> and they would just, I would see these two firefighters again. So they would be in strategic spots. And they would, they would look at me and wave, you doing all right? I'm like, yep, I'm fine. So then they would drive off and they'd be like, okay, well, we'll see you in a couple miles. And they would give me a couple miles to where I could just run in peace. And then they would be there, you know, in a couple more miles. Are you all right? I'm like, I'm fine. And then they would drive off. And, and it was really helpful because I knew that they were there if I needed something, but I didn't have to see them and be stressed. I know I'm crazy, you guys. Well, pretty soon the fire marshal, obviously, why would he just sit in the mountain for no reason? He decides he's going to head down the mountain too, but he knew I was stressed. And so he would like kind of sneak behind me and he would park and then who knows what he did and he would just wait. And so he was super quiet, but every once in a while I would turn around and I would see him like hiding in the bushes, you know, in his truck and he would just be sitting there and, you know, but he didn't want to rush me. <laughs> This is just ridiculous, huh? Well, anyhow, I get to where the last downhill where it's the finish line. I know I'm last and whatever, okay? But there was like this whole like line of people, firefighters, and there were some other runners that had waited for me. And they're just like, whoa, and screaming and clapping and, and you know, just cheering me in. And it was like one of the most awesome finish lines ever, even though I was last. And when I finished, they said, you know, actually, you are the fastest last finisher that we've ever had. We get to go home early today. <laughs> and it just made me feel so good because, yes, I was last, but I was the fastest last, last finisher. I don't know why that made me so happy, but it did. And so I have been last. I've been completely last. Nobody looked down on me and they all were just so supportive of me and gave me my medal and and it was a great day and I went and ran another one and a half miles because I needed my 16 miles and then we went out to Starbucks and got lunch and it was great but after I was done I felt so like on top of the world like whoa I am like an Amazon warrior goddess princess Olympian you know <laughs> after I finished I was like yeah but during I felt like such a loser because I was last and these people were on my heels and, and I had to ask if they could back off and the mental struggle was so hard. But I found the lesson I learned from this race is I found that if I keep, if I just keep going, even though it's really, really hard in that moment or, you know, several moments or several minutes, even sometimes, if I keep going, I usually can like pull out of that funk, if that makes sense, because it gets better. And I have never so far, okay, so far I have never regretted my decision to keep going. I've, I've never regretted my decision to finish, even if it wasn't the finish time that I wanted or the goal that I had set for myself. So far, I've never 
regretted finishing. Okay. And that one was hard. Okay. So that is a way that mentally you can, you can just keep going. If you know, in the moment it's hard and you don't want to keep going, but a lot of times if you just keep walking forward, running forward, whatever, give yourself a minute or two, a lot of times you can get through that hurdle that you're facing. A lot of times you can. And that's part of the grind that we're talking about is just it's, it's grinding it out when it doesn't feel good mentally, especially mentally. Maybe it doesn't feel good physically, probably doesn't at that point. But if you keep pushing, it eventually does get better. I don't mean pushing through injury. I... So here's a few little other tidbits about the grind and pushing through. So I live in Arizona. And summer training here is extremely difficult. Uh, I live in the Phoenix metropolitan area. So I explained this in the last episode, but we have a lot of days here that are over 100. And if they're not over 100, they're still, it's still really hot here the vast majority of the year. Um, So right now it's March and it's still cool enough that I don't have to worry about what time of day I run. I can run in the morning. I can run in the afternoon. I can run in the evening. And I know the weather's going to be cooperative. So I don't have to really worry about that. But, and by the way, it's the 70s this week. And race day is supposed to be 81 degrees. So if that's any indication of, of our weather here right now. But in the summertime, and, and most of the time I'm training, a lot of times, there is a mental struggle because you have to strategically plan when you're going to run. And I know you all have different weather situations that you have to deal with and jobs and all kinds of things. So I'm sure you can relate, but in the summertime, especially um, if you know, it's better to go really, really early or really, really late because you don't want to be out in the hottest part of the day. But It'll still be really hot, honestly, either way, if you go in the morning or at night. And I'm usually good if it's, you know, probably anything six miles or under. But when we start hitting double digits on Saturdays, which is Saturdays are my long run days, I struggle mentally to get up and go because we're talking getting up at three in the morning. And if I know that I have 10 miles to run, I know it's going to take me probably three hours. And that means I need to be done by a certain time and you know how that is. And so I will just lay in bed and question my life choices and think, this is stupid. Why did I sign up for this race? Why, why am I doing this to myself? I want to just stay in bed. I'm so tired. Um, I, I just can't tell you how many times, especially this past year, where I just did not want to get up. I did not want to get out of bed. It didn't feel worth it. It, it just was like, it's not worth it. You know, nobody else is out there doing this, which is obviously not true. Okay. Because lots of you are out there doing this too. But when you're in the moment, it's like, poor me. I don't want to get up. I'm exhausted. This isn't worth it. And, and I have to really struggle at those times. I have the same problem 
like when it's a dark and early race morning, when I have to get up super early for a race and it's dark and, you know, drive somewhere or whatever. But one thing that I've learned is that if I just get up and just don't even think about it, just pop up, get up, you know, get my shower, get dressed, whatever I'm going to do that morning, get my breakfast, whatever. If I just don't think about it, once I'm running, once I'm at the race, whatever the situation might be, I don't ever regret actually going. And I'm so happy that I came. And so especially over this last year, I've had to really just tell myself, look, I'm, I'm my alarm set for whatever time it's set for. Yes, it's going to be dark when I get up and I'm just not going to think about it. I just, if I think about it, I stress about it. I'm just going to get up and go. And I know that I will be so happy that I came. I will be so happy that I went there and did this race or did this run because that's been just my experience is that I'm always happy if I get up and do it. Now, I'm not going to lie and tell you that there aren't days that I just said, never mind. I will run on the treadmill today. I have 12 miles. I don't want to die. I'm, you know, and, and there are times during the summer where it doesn't matter if you get up when it's dark, the high, the low is still 90. And I don't want to be outside. You know, if it's a 16 mile run, I will be out there for at least four hours and it's going to be hundred and some degrees by the time I'm done. And I don't want to do that. So I will run on the treadmill and have a treadmill in my house. I can run on the treadmill, whatever, different time of day. So I'm not going to tell you that I'm always this stoic, amazing person and get up at 3 a.m. I absolutely will sleep in sometimes and say, you know what? This will be a treadmill day. There's no shame in that. So, but again, this is called the fun of the run podcast, right? And running is an amazing mental health boost for me. It has helped me in so many ways that even though the mental struggle sometimes is real and I do feel like it does take a lot of grit and it does take a lot of gratitude in my case and it does take a lot of of grinding the miles out the benefits far outweigh those hurdles that I face and we all have different things that we struggle with. And like I've mentioned, we all have different schedules to work around. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I know my schedule is not as as jam-packed as some of your schedules are. I get that, and I totally respect that. But I think it just comes down to who you are as an individual and how much how much do you want the benefits that running give you gives you. And I just wanted to say Um, one more thing too, I tend to have races on the schedule, not necessarily all the time, but I always have a plan. So I know every day how many miles that I need to run. Even if I'm just keeping, I, I like to always maintain, um, at least half marathon, fitness, if that makes sense, so that at the drop of a hat, I can just go randomly run a half marathon if I want to. That's that's what I like to be able to do personally. For me, if I didn't have something that I knew I was working towards, 
I don't think I would be as consistent as I am. Just my own personality. If I did not have this race, I'm going to be doing this Saturday. This week, I may decide, you know what? I don't want, want to run at all. And that would be fine. Because although I love running, there are absolutely days where I don't feel like doing it. So that's just what works for me is if I'm not, if I don't have a race on the calendar, I'm at least always trying to maintain a certain level, a base level of running fitness um, so that I can go out there. If there's a race that's awesome, that looks fun, or I'm on vacation somewhere and I want to run a race, I can because I've got that fitness there because I've been working on it. So not to say I don't take rest days, I do. But overall, that's what keeps me going and keeps me motivated. So I hope something that I said today helped. As runners, we need grit, we need gratitude, and we need to be able to grind. And, you know, I think we've got all of those things within us. And runners are some pretty tough people. One more thing I wanted to add is that you do not have to race to be a real runner. And as I was listening back through this episode before I publish it, I just wanted to make that really clear. You do not have to ever have a race on the schedule to consider yourself a real runner. All of these things I talked about today, grit and gratitude and the grind, absolutely apply to running in general, just getting out the door and believing in yourself that you can do this. You do not have to race to be a runner. It's something I like to do personally. It's something that many of us like to do, but I believe there are also many of us that don't like to race and that is completely okay. You do you, you're still a real runner. We are our own worst critics. I am absolutely known to beat myself up for something that I feel bad about when no one else is beating me up about it, but we don't need to do that. Okay, we just need to go out there and give this our best. And I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. Go out there and get it. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Fun of the Run podcast. This has been Grit, Gratitude, and the Grind. I'm Michelle, and I hope that you will join me for the next one. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>